0: Acts chapter 13, verse 1 through 3. New Living Translation. Give everybody a second to get there. Remember last week we were talking about how Saul was converted from persecuting Christians to becoming a preacher. Amen. And it was a beautiful thing because God always takes imperfection and uses it for his glory. Amen. So we're going to wrap it up. This series here, this is the finale, amen? So I'm just going to tell you in advance, go ahead and be prepared to take notes, because I'm coming with it. Amen. Amen. amen? Praise the Lord. If you're there, say amen. 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 Let's read together verses 1 through 3. Ready? Read. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manan, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul, verse 2. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them, verse 3. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. You may be seated. So this morning, we're going to diagnose where God had the people of Acts in chapter 13 moving forward. Amen. The first thing I want to highlight of this is verse 2 where it says they were worshiping the Lord and fasting now I say get ready to take notes so you might want to get ready because I'm coming out the gate with it Amen. first thing you need to write down is God speaks the clearest when we set the atmosphere amen Um, these men of God were gathered together it says the prophets and teachers of the church of Antioch to begin to listen and they were worshiping the Lord and fasting and then the Holy Spirit spoke. Okay? When you set the atmosphere, God speaks. The Bible says, if I regard any iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. The same thing goes for when God is speaking, you have to clear the runway so he can speak. Okay? Now the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, A point. Somebody say a point. A point. Now write this down. A point. Write it down. God appoints us to do the work, but he uses man. We're talking about how the church was beginning to spread and believers were beginning to come to God. More and more souls were being added to their ranks daily. And we saw that in part three, that they came because of what? Structure. Okay, so then in part five here, we're going to see that God wanted more structure. So he spoke through the Holy Spirit to tell them in chapter I mean, verse two, it says appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. Somebody say special.
1: special.
0: Now the Bible lists in verse 1 that there were Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manaean and Saul. But the Holy Spirit specifically highlighted Saul and Barnabas. For what? The special word. Many are called, but few are chosen. I'm here to let you know that there's a certain level of devotion that God requires in order to choose you for certain tasks. Barnabas and Saul weren't just believers. They were devoted believers. On top of devotion, they were in the word of God and they were in prayer and fasting every day. Barnabas and Saul had a specific task that God had for them. Although there were other people that were called, Barnabas and Saul were specifically chosen. Watch this. Verse 2 says, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. And then verse 3 says, So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Somebody say fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. Now, fasting and prayer sets the tone. Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, That some demons won't go out unless you fast and pray. There's a certain level of anointing that you have to have when you deal with certain spirits. And just regular old prayer ain't going to cut it. So these men of God that God chose for a special work had to not only get the word of God, but then they had to fast and pray some more. Oh, come on, somebody. See, we like the initial steps, but we don't like the more. We hear the word of the Lord and say you're going to be blessed and you're called to do this and you're called to do that and God said he's going to open up a business with you and you're going to do all this and everybody's like praise the Lord. But then when God says, okay, now I need you to fast, everybody go, oh, I don't know about that one preaching. You see, when you have special work, you have to have a special anointing. Saul and Barnabas were chosen and then they had to fast and pray some more. Then... It says, the Bible says, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Now, God doesn't send you to do a work without properly equipping you for the work he's called you to do. If God tells you that you are meant to minister the gospel, he's not going to send you out there with no preparation. You're going to have to go through something. And then before... You go out there and actually do the work, you're going to have to get in the face of God in order to receive the anointing you need to do the work he called you to do. See, I'm speaking about revival all through this series, but what we have to understand is that in order to properly execute revival, we have to be anointed to do so. Every believer should be able to preach the gospel. There's a difference. I'm a pastor, not just a preacher, but every believer should be able to preach the gospel. Listen to what I'm saying. You have to be willing to understand your calling. No matter what your calling is, you are called to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Salvation isn't just for believers. It's for sinners also. Jesus said, I didn't come for those who were well, but I came for the sick and the lost. What we have to understand is that you can't skip the preparation process. No, you cannot. Barnabas and Saul was already in the mix with the rest of the people that were called and the believers when they began the first session of fasting and prayer. But then when God highlighted them, they had to engage in more fasting and prayer. That was a process. Being called wasn't enough. I want you to understand that in previous chapters, Saul had went initially and immediately into the synagogue and began preaching the gospel. Yeah. So him being in his calling was not the issue. It was God transitioning him into the next season that he was supposed to Hallelujah. enter in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stay with me, saints. See, Saul was preaching the gospel and bringing souls into the kingdom. The Bible says that the numbers grew in the church after his preaching. The actually says that his preaching became more and more powerful. So most people would have been content with that level of anointing right there. Oh, come on, somebody. I mean, this man went from persecuting Christians to stepping in the synagogue and preaching the gospel and people getting converted and becoming believers. But God said, That's not enough. That's what I wanted you to do in that season. Now I'm trying to elevate you to this season. This is gonna require a different level of preparation. What we got to begin to realize is that we can't get complacent. You know what the biggest enemy to anybody's success is? Complacency. Comfortability. When I was in the world, somebody told me, never compromise your level of comfortability. When I became saved and sanctified, God told me being comfortable is not what's going to make you get where you need to go. You have to learn to become uncomfortable. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. There's no comfortability in the shadow of death. Amen. But as long as God is with me, I'm okay. Amen. Let's look at the next part. Verse 4. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Somebody say by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. See, when the Holy Spirit sends you somewhere, you are sanctified. Come on, somebody. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia and then sailed for the island of Cyprus. There in the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. John Mark went with them as their assistant. Verse six. Afterward, they traveled from town to town across the entire island until finally they reached Paphos where they met a Jewish sorcerer, a false prophet named Bar-Jesus. Verse seven. He had attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elamus the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. Get ready to take notes again. I want you to write three things. False prophet, attached to the governor, and prayer and fasting. Write it down again. False prophet, attached to the governor, and prayer and fasting. Now I want you to understand something. They were preaching the gospel. They had just got hands laid on them. They were in extra prayer and fasting. And now they were sanctified for the mission that God had for them. Now, somebody might ask, well, why was it necessary for them to have prayer and fasting? I said they had a special work, so they needed a special anointing. Well, they ran into a sorcery. Sorcery involves darkness. Another level of demonic activity than the actual day-to-day that we as believers face. If they had still been at level one, when they ran into the sorcerer, they wouldn't have been prepared. Yes, yes. The Bible says that he attached himself to the governor. You know what the governor represents? Authority. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. When you go to do the work that God has called you to, there are different levels you're going to enter into. And there will be people that are attached to authority. Because we are supposed to be able to minister to those in authority so that they'll properly rule correctly. But if the demons are in charge of the authority because they're attached to them, if you don't have the anointing, you can't make nothing leave. See, everybody's talking about the president, but nobody's praying for believers to be attached in the cabinet of the president. Everybody's talking about the president in his comments on Twitter, but nobody's praying that he'll get a PR that's a believer that will help him to learn that silence is golden. Everybody has something to say about the Muslims overseas, but nobody is praying for us to get believers that will be ambassadors to go over there and not just tell them what the U.S. wants, but tell them what Jesus Christ as the Messiah wants as well. So you can talk about someone until you're blue in the face, but if you don't lift up no prayers, it's pointless. So when they ran into the sorcerer, (laughs) come on, somebody. Verse 9, Saul, also known as Paul. Now watch this, side note. He was Saul... All the way up into the transition stage. And then God changed his name once he gave him a new anointing. Come on, somebody. The old things were already gone, but then God said, let me give you a new identity. I don't even want what's attached to your old name to be with you anymore. I want people to recognize you as a whole new person. Come on, somebody. Thank God for transformation verse 9, Saul, also known as Paul, was filled somebody say filled, with the Holy Spirit, and he looked the sorcerer in the eye, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is who gives you boldness, he had the audacity to look the devil in the face not the sorcerer, but the demon inside of the sorcerer, and look him in his face, like I see
1: you
0: I'm still trying to get believers to have audacity to preach the gospel to unbelievers this is a different level. Yes, it is. Yes. Come on, somebody. I'm going to get you all there. Don't worry about it. Listen. Verse 10. Then he said, You son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Verse 11. Watch this now. Watch now. For the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Mm-hmm. Instantly... Somebody say instant. Oh, yes, yes. Mist and darkness came over the man's eyes and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. Yes. Verse 12. When the governor saw what had happened, he became a what? A believer. Okay. <laughs> for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. Watch this. The Holy Spirit will give you the authority to speak to demonic forces and silence them. Yes. Understand what I'm saying? But the whole point... It's so that the unbeliever can become a believer. Because signs and wonders are for the who? So that they can become a what? Believer. Come on, somebody. So, Paul looked at the sorcerer in his face and confronted the demons inside of him. Now, you might say, well, why, if God is such a loving God, did the sorcerer become blind instead of converted? The reason why is because the same way that everybody else heard Paul and Barnabas preaching the gospel, the sorcerer also heard Paul and Barnabas preaching the gospel, but he was not willing to renounce with power that he was under. He liked it. Y'all can get it in a second. See, the Bible says that God doesn't wish for any to perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. Now. When people come under punishment, it's because they're not acknowledging the knowledge of the truth. It's not that they don't have it given to them. They're not accepting it. It's not your job to pass judgment. That's God's job. But as Paul spoke the word of the Lord to this man, he could have repented right there. But he didn't. That will be tomorrow. (laughs) And then, mist and darkness came over his eyes. Come on, somebody. Then it says what? The governor saw what had happened. He became a believer for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. I'm here to let you know that unbelievers don't really know any better. Because apparently if they're still an unbeliever, somebody is not relaying the message correctly. You know, what we got to understand. One of my members said this to me this week. We grew up. In church with older people who told us that we had to go to church and this is the way it was. We had older people tell women that they couldn't wear pants to church because that's of the devil. We had older people tell people that praying in tongues was not a necessity. The Holy Spirit was like... Mm. We had older people in traditional ministries tell people that we have to follow a format and to be quiet in service. Don't say nothing. Shh, shh, shh. Be quiet. Shh, shh. Listen. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So if God speaks to me in service and I feel an like, amen, hallelujah, I should have no problem being able to say that. Nobody should come and say, shh, be quiet. One of my members said it best. She said, so we need to learn how to, now that we're the millennials, be able to help relay the information and answer the questions that people have so that it's not just, come to church, come to church, like the older people said, but more so, come to church. And let me tell you why you should come to church, because God is doing X, Y, and Z, and this is what we need to step into. Nobody's being forced to do anything. I want everybody to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ for themselves. I want people to move out of a state of religion and move into a spirit of relationship. That's the only thing that's going to save people in these last days. Because religion ain't going to do nothing for nobody. Religion ain't got no power, but relationship with God gives you power. See you know why the governor was attached at the hip to the sorcerer, because the sorcerer had power. See, see, saints need to start getting power back from the Holy Ghost Because the dark realm got all that power And they are using it effectively You want to know why your people that you are reaching out to Ain't coming to God Because they being under demonic powers That's holding them captive If you ain't got no power You telling them about God ain't going to do too much Because you are using words And they're under demonic strongholds You need some power You know what you need? You need some fasting. You need some prayer. Because some demons don't go out unless you fast and pray. Let's look at verse 44. Same chapter. Same version. Verse 44 says, The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. My God. But when some of the Jews saw the crowds, they were jealous. So they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. Verse 46. Then Paul and Barnabas spoke out what boldly. boldly and declared it was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews, but since you have rejected it and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles. Translation: Gentiles equals sinners. Okay. So at first they was preaching to the church about Jesus because the church didn't believe in Jesus as the Messiah. They just believed in God. But then they were telling them about Jesus being the Messiah and dying on the cross and being raised from the dead for their sins. And the church was trying to hear it. So then they said, OK, we told you the truth. Now let's go tell the sinners. They don't know no better. Right. Look at this. Verse 47. For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. Verse 48. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and thanked the Lord for this message. And all who were chosen for eternal life became what? Believers. Verse 49. So the Lord's message spread throughout that region. Somebody say it spread. spread. Listen to me. When people reject God, he moves on to those who will receive him. It's not your job to stay there, look at somebody in their face and say, look, get it. Get it together. Don't work like that. You tell them the word of the Lord in love. Let's highlight that. In love, not out of a place of condescending, not out of a place of holier than thou, not out of a place of self-righteousness. No, you tell people the word of the Lord in love, exactly how God gave it to you. Don't take nothing out and don't add nothing on. Put it exactly how he told you and then let God do the rest. Because the Gentiles heard the word of the Lord and received it with gladness. And the church folk heard the word of the Lord and rejected it. You know why people are being led astray right now? Because people are being preached a message that's not offending nobody. If you don't offend somebody, then you ain't doing it right. Religious people will always be offended when it's from God himself. They're cool with a feel-good message, but the minute you begin to say what the Holy Spirit is saying, and it goes outside of the format they have, they're going to hate you. Don't believe me? Verse 45 says, but when some of the Jews saw the cross, they were jealous, so they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. Y'all ever been in debate with people who are Bible-speaking, Bible-toting, tongue-talking Christians? It's because they got a religious spirit. they debating you because they ain't got the Holy Spirit resonating with the Holy Spirit that's within you. God is not the author of confusion. Debates and arguments cause confusion. Oh, I'm not here to make nobody feel good today I'm here to tell you the word of the Lord I'm going to let you know that right now Amen. We have to get to a place Where we don't care about Offending religious people right. Speak the truth. Yeah. You see When you operate from a place of love You can't offend nobody Amen. How can you be mad at someone who's loving It shows your character <laughs> Let's go back Let's go back Look at this It says, the Lord's message, verse 49, spread throughout that region. Verse 50. When then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. Verse 51. So they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. Watch this. Religious people will always oppose God being preached to those who they don't feel are ideal candidates for the message. Mm-hmm. you yeah, might wanna write that down. Religious people will always oppose the gospel being preached to those who they don't feel are ideal candidates. Mm-hmm. Religious people will have a problem with me going to the KKK and ministering to them because I'm an African American preacher. Yeah. So that doesn't look right. Pastor, what about your safety? What about it? God is with me, I cannot feel. Religious people would have a problem with me bringing ex-Satanists in church because they'd be afraid that they would still Satanists at heart. I'm telling you what I know. Religious people oppose the move of God because they oppose the Holy Spirit. Alright, let me ask a question. I want all the saints to answer at the same time. Have you ever seen a religious person operate in the Holy Ghost? No. no, no. There's your answer. When the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you... You don't have to worry about other people being led and guided by the Holy Spirit because y'all will all agree. But people that are not being led by the Holy Ghost will oppose you. Hmm. Verse 51. So they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. What you have to learn as people of God is that when you minister the gospel, again, in love, And someone does not receive You spiritually shake the dust from your feet As a sign of rejection And you move on Stop staying in temporary situations Mm -hmm. And forgetting your permanent mission Stop holding on to temporary people Mm -hmm. God said move on Shake the dust And move on Mm -hmm. See The disciples here did the same thing that the disciples in the Gospels did. Jesus sent them out to preach the Gospel and cast out devils. Oh, come on, glory, kid, I will The same thing that Jesus sent his disciples to do, these apostles and disciples were doing. And they were following the same format. They were preaching the Gospel, they were saying the word of the Lord, unadulterated, unfiltered, and then when people didn't receive it back then in the Gospels, the disciples shook the dust and moved on to the next town. So here, and Barnabas shook the dust from their feet And moved on to the next town Somebody say move on. move on See we don't like moving on We say we do We post about it on social media That we're separating ourselves But I'm here to let you know That if you gotta tell people You're separating yourself You ain't really separated. Cause when I move on I don't let you know nothing You just don't see me no more I didn't have to tell my friends That we're still moving in things that we ain't supposed to be doing In the body of Christ When I was leaving I had to say nothing I just got ghosts didn't nobody have to ask me why I went the function they knew I wasn't coming no way come on somebody you know what I did I spoke the word of the Lord and preached my wife is a witness the gospel message to everybody as soon as I converted all the way and the people that listened stuck around. The people that didn't listen, I shook the dust off my feet and I kept moving. When you shake the dust, it ain't gonna always feel good. Sometimes you gotta shake the dust on your mama because you in the spirit of religion. Sometimes you gotta shake the dust from your best friend and it's gonna hurt your heart. Sometimes you gotta shake the dust from your significant other because y'all unequally yoked. Sometimes you gotta shake the dust from your bestie. This ain't listening. But when you shake the dust, and you move on, God will equip you with a surge of stream, and the healing that's coming from that hurt will initiate immediately. Come on, somebody. Shake the dust. Look at verse 52. And the believers were filled with what? Joy. And with the what? Come on, somebody. When you're obedient, then the Holy Ghost show up. The believers were shaking the dust, and then they got filled with joy in the Holy Ghost. Because when you let go of the old out with the old, in with the new. When, see, somebody said, empty me out, Lord. My brother, Sharon, said that to me this week. So I asked God to empty me out. Some people say, why that? Because when you get empty, the only thing left is to be filled. Yeah. Come, on, Come on, somebody. With the Holy Spirit. Let's look on Acts chapter 14. Iconium. Somebody say Iconium. Iconium. Verse 1 says, The same thing happened... In Iconium, what same thing? They preached the word of the Lord, did signs and wonders. <clears throat> Those that didn't listen, they shook the dust off their feet and kept moving. Now, watch this. Paul and Barnabas went to the Jewish synagogue and preached with such power that a great number of both Jews and Greeks became believers. Oh, yeah. Both of them. Somebody say both of them. Oh, both. See, when they're anointing with you, you'll be able to pull people that you didn't think you could be able to pull to God. Because it ain't you pulling, it's God pulling. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Verse 2. Some of the Jews, however, spurned God's message and poisoned the minds of the Gentiles against Paul and Barnabas. Verse 3. But. Somebody say but. but. But the apostles stayed there a long time, preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do what? Miraculous signs and wonders. Write this down. Somebody say, stayed there a long time. You have to stay as long as God tells you to stay Because whatever season he has you in He'll anoint you for it You know why it's important To be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit Because if I were to read this and not hear From the voice of the Holy Spirit I would think that they were supposed to shake the dust off their feet In Iconium too, and they leave immediately Like they did back in the last place But that's not what God was calling for Oh come ask somebody Y'all gonna catch it tomorrow See they shook the dust off in the last place And then they got to the new place, (laughs) and they preached in the synagogue, and people were converted. And then the devil, somebody say the devil, devil. used some of them Christians to poison the minds of the sinners against the message that Paul and Barnabas were preaching. But the Bible says the apostles stayed there a long time, preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And then the Lord Prove their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. I want you to know that, like I said two weeks ago, obedience will cause God to assist you in everything he called you to do. Let me tell you something about God. He's not going to let you look stupid. If God called you to a place to pray for someone for their healing, and God really called you there... He's not going to not let the person get healed because then that's going to make everybody look bad. Mm -hmm. Him, you, the people you connected to that's also claiming God, it's just going to look bad. Mm -hmm. So best believe whatever God called you to, he'll anoint you for that. Mm -hmm. Y'all going to get it tomorrow. Listen, there have been people that came to me for deliverance. And the enemy said, that's too big of a demon, you can't handle that. But God told me to pray for them then. And I did. Mm -hmm. And they were healed instantly. Because the Holy Ghost Will not have you looking like a fool.
1: Amen.
0: You might look like a fool to a natural man yeah. when you get to praying in tongues and catching out devil. But you won't look like a fool when it comes to power being there. Oh, listen, Somebody say power.
1: power.
0: Power. I want some power. 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 Some power. Amen. Y'all want some power?
1: Yes.
0: yes. Or you want to go out there with no life? Your choice. Because when you go out there with no power, the devil see that too. Yes, he does. I want you to look at it like this. God just gave it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Y'all know how um what's that game? computer game where it's like the little things above your head. Sims. Just think of life like Sims. But on the top of your head, it's either a battery, green, or a battery, red. And the demons see it. They can see who got power and who ain't got none. Oh yeah. See, the reason why some of you are struggling, this ain't just for people sitting here, it's for people in the live too. Some of you are struggling with certain demons because you ain't got no power. It's not you ain't got no power, period. You ain't got power to deal with the demons that are holding you captive. Yeah. It's time to fast and pray. Amen. Fasting doesn't always mean abstain from food. It means it stains from something and replace that with prayer and the word of God. Yes. Yep. I want y'all to get juiced up in the spirit. I want y'all to get Amen. some power. Amen. Amen. I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to hold accountable and help encourage and admonish the believers. I want y'all to get some power because when you get power, demons tremble. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't see demons act a fool because they saw me in the room. I got excited. At first, I didn't understand what was going on. I'm like, why are you looking cool? Why are that person acting did you like that? I don't even know this person. God said, the demons and them see the God in you. Amen. I said, oh. Then I got the plan with them. That lying through the in Jesus' name don't do nothing. Boom. They can't do nothing. It's not people, it's spirits. It's either the demonic spirits or the Holy Spirit. There ain't no in between. Nobody is empty. I'm going to let you know that right. now.
1: Right.
0: Verse 4. But the people of the town were divided in their opinion about them. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. Then a mob of Gentiles and Jews, along with their leaders, decided to attack and stone them. When the apostles learned of it, they fled to the region of Lyconia, to the towns of Lystra and Derbe in the surrounding area. Verse 7. And they preached the good news. Somebody say "Preach the good news. Even when you transition into your next season, you must still continue to preach the gospel. They were told not to do this anymore. They were attacked and were about to be stoned, but they learned of it. The Bible doesn't say that anybody won the Bible says they learned of it. I wonder who told them. Well, if God was speaking to them about where to go, I'm pretty sure he was telling them when it was time to leave too. You know why I'm not concerned about nothing? Because God is leading me, man. I'm not worried about it. So what? I don't care who get in office. I'm safe because God is with me. I cannot fail. I
1: don't
0: care who become the governor. So what? God is with me. I cannot fail. The Bible says that your gift will make room for you. It will put you in the places of kings. You know what kings translate to now? Presidents, ambassadors, governors. You know what? My wife talks about it all the time. People got to get crazy faith. Yeah. It's a side note. You got to get crazy faith. If the Holy Spirit is within you, man, he can take you places that you are not qualified to go. Yes. Hallelujah. It don't matter what your background looks like. So what? If God qualified you, he'll take you there. Amen. You got to have crazy faith. The apostles had crazy faith they knew what was at stake when they entered the synagogues they knew their brothers and sisters was going through the persecution already so they already knew it wasn't like they was ignorant but what did paul say earlier or excuse me peter weeks ago i talked about it what did he say i'd rather obey the voice of god than man you have to be so strong in your faith in god that you know that if you're obedient to god he's not going to have you fall off He's not going to have you look stupid. He's not going to allow you to be harmed. The weapon may form, but it won't prosper. Come on, somebody. Verse 8. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. So Paul called to him in a loud voice, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. <laughs> Somebody say, listen. The Bible says in verse 9 that he was listening as Paul preached. Now, Romans 10, 17 tells me that <laughs> faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So they were preaching the gospel and this man was crippled listening to the word. Glory. And listening, hearing, activated Glory. his faith. Glory. <laughs> and verse 10 says So Paul called to him in a loud voice, Stand up! And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. Now I want you to understand, verse 8 tells us he had been crippled since birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting. Look at this. Verse 10. So Paul called to him in a loud voice, Stand up! And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. Not got up. He jumped to his feet and started walking. Two things, two things. When you declare God's will, his power activates it. Yes, amen. God's will was for that man to get up and start walking, so his power activated as soon as the man believed. Yes, faith. The man's faith was activated while he was still sitting crippled. So all he needed to do was hear the word of the Lord say, get up, and his move," because his spirit had been got up. Hallelujah. I keep telling y'all, man, when God speaks, he speaks to your spirit, not your natural body. And when he speaks to your spirit, your body falls in line. What did Jesus say? Greater works than these shall you do because I ascend into my Father. Jesus was causing crippled people to walk. Peter was causing crippled people to walk. So Paul and Barnabas already knew the vibes. Always oh, walking and emptying up again. The and they walk. Hey, my man. Get up, baby. Go ahead and walk. Boom. Holmes jumped to his feet and started walking. Why? Because the anointing Was with them. Why? Because they were following what the Holy Spirit told them to do. You got to understand. They transitioned to the next town. And then the next town they preached the gospel there also. Watch this. I want you to notice the formula. The formula goes preaching. People believe it. Then healing comes. When Jesus healed people. He was preaching. People heard it. And then healing came. You know what that tells me? God, show me. God is more concerned with people's spiritual state than their natural state. Because God wants them to get healed inwardly first, and then he'll let everything else fall in line. Because you can be moving health-wise here, and your spirit be dead as a doughnut. God said, I'm trying to heal people in their spirit. Yo, it ain't nothing to heal nobody. But I want you to understand, even the man that was on the mat back in the gospel... Jesus told him, your sins are forgiven.
1: Yes. Amen. Amen.
0: Not get up off your mat. He said, your sins are forgiven. And the man was grateful. Mm -hmm. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees, the church folk, said, who are you to say that his sins are forgiven? And then he said, so would you rather me to tell him to get up and walk so I can prove to you that his sins are also forgiven? Get up off your mat. And then the crippled man got up off his mat and carried his bed out. <laughs> I'm telling you right now that revival, that's true revival, starts with people's hearts, their spirits, their soul, not with their outward. Praise the Lord if you can pray for somebody and get the crutches up open and they run around the sanctuary and they came and crippled. Praise God. That you first minister to the spirit yeah. Before you allowed anything To happen outside of that Because the type of God I serve is a God of intention So it does things in decency yeah. And in order yeah. Saints We really have to focus On souls in this hour God has spoken to me I didn't preach a series on Acts because I like the book I love all the books Even Ruth There's some things in Ruth that God didn't show me Let me tell you what I know song of solomon got a scripture that'll blow your mind away y'all probably didn't even know that that's okay we're going to study this show our self-approved we're going to get there but i'm telling you right now acts god told me acts because he wanted me to get to understand it souls is his number one priority so it has to be our number one priority we got to be more concerned with people coming to christ than uh, prospering and, 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 and doing healing and services and ministries and tours around to people to see the move of God. Boy, the move of God should start with people's heart. People are hurting out here, man. You're supposed to bring healing inwardly before you do anything else. That's what God is calling for in this hour. These are the last days, saints. Do you understand what I'm saying? People are at the last days. Jesus said, I'm knocking Open up. Open the door. Whoever opens, I will enter. And I will suck with him. What does that mean? I will fellowship with him. And I will become one with him. You understand what I'm saying? God is looking for us to reach souls before anything else. That should be everybody's number one priority. Not your bank account flourishing. Not your kids being the most well behaved. Because if you seek first the kingdom and all his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. Verse 11, Acts chapter 14, verse 11. Look at this. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their local dialect, these men are gods in human form. (laughs) They decided that Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and that Paul was Hermes since he was the chief speaker. Now the temple of Zeus was located just outside the town. So the priest of the temple and the crowd brought bulls and wreaths of flowers to the town gate and they prepared to offer sacrifices to the apostles. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard what was happening, they tore their clothing in dismay and ran out among the people shouting, friends, why are you doing this? We are merely human beings just like you. We have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God who made heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. Verse 16. In the past, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways, but he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. For instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. Verse 18. But even with these words, Paul and Barnabas could scarcely restrain the people from sacrificing to them. Verse 19. Pay attention to this. There's some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side. Notice this. Antioch and Iconium. Didn't they just leave those two places previously? Okay, I'm going to show you in a second. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town thinking he was dead. Let's talk about it. When Satan can't sway you, he turns on you. These people were treating Paul and Barnabas like gods because of the healing power that was flowing through them from the Holy Spirit. This is why it's important to minister to people effectively about the gospel of Jesus Christ and let them know where that power comes from. Because if not, when you begin to see prophetically, they'll just think you're like another psychic. When you begin to pray for finances to flourish and then they get large amounts of money to cover the rent that was due, then all of a sudden they'll think you're a magician. Mm -hmm. They won't see God, they'll see you. Paul and Barnabas told them, we're merely humans just like you. We came to tell you the good news. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know what? Many churches are being led astray because the leaders are allowing people to worship them and not God. It's not that they're saying, worship me, worship me, but when people begin to applaud them and praise them, they never say, glory be to God, praise the Lord. They say, thank you, thank you, bless you, bless you, thank you, thank you. What does your pastor always say? Praise the Lord, to God. you all out God. I ain't gonna never let you praise me. I'm a human being just like you, friends. I'm here to tell you about the power of God. There's nothing wrong with giving credit where credit is due. Right. But never take credit from the one who is worthy of all praise. Amen. You never take credit from the one who gave you the anointing to be able to lay hands and heal the Amen. sick. You never take credit for the things that God is using you to do to be able to turn ex from being satanists and Amen. turn them into Amen. believers. You never take credit for what God is using you to do. Amen. You always give glory and honor and praise back to Abba. Hallelujah. Because if you don't. Your power source will dry up. (laughs) Oh, come on, somebody. (laughs) You know, Mm. Paul and Barnabas was preaching the good news and God allowed them to do healing. But when they were being praised, they immediately cut those people off and said, God, it's all about God. And then those demonic spirits that were already upset in Antioch and Iconium Mm came and possessed those people there who had rejected the gospel. What i tell you earlier, nobody's empty. You're either filled with demonic spirits or filled with the Holy Spirit. So therefore, those same demons that were holding them captive in Antioch and Iconium, once they shook the dust off and moved on, there was no one there to help remove that. So those spirits that were in those people traveled all the way from Antioch and Iconium, grouped up together, came to the next place where the people of God were ministering and preaching the gospel and won the crowds to their side. Do y'all not see this? Do you not see it? (laughs) I'm going to let y'all think on that. Look at this. Verse 19. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the cross to the south. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of town thinking he was dead. Verse 20. Somebody say, but. But. But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into the town. The next day, he left with Barnabas for Derby. Oh, come on, somebody. What did I say in part two? There's power in numbers when... God is involved I want you to understand Stoning is terrible Mm -hmm. Rocks coming at your head Your body bones breaking If it hits you in your temple and smokes you You're knocked out Some people like Stephen died instantly Mm -hmm. They dragged Paul out after stoning him Dropped him off outside of town And thought he was dead Mm -hmm. What if he was? God wouldn't let him go out like that. But when the believers showed up and gathered around him, the Bible says he got up. Because when the two or more gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. So the same resurrection power that happened for Jesus Christ was there for Paul as well. Saints, y'all don't understand the power that y'all possess in God. I don't think you do. Because if you did, you move a little bit differently. There should be no doubt in your mind that God is going to bless you in the week because you believe in God. Amen. There should be no doubt in your mind the type of God that you serve that can change your situation instantly because you believe in God. Amen. Signs and wonders don't just happen for other people. Signs and wonders can happen for you also. Amen. I heard a man of God talking about how someone had been giving healing in, throughout for years, had healing ministry, and then one day his arm was messing up after years the same, healing arm. The same mm-hmm. arm that he was healing with mm-hmm. begin to mess up and then the man of god came to him his one of his spiritual sons and said why can't you just lay your hand on yourself and heal yourself you know what the man of god told him we always have a different kind of faith for other people but yeah. not ourselves amen mm. There have been healing ministers who died from diabetes or died from heart attacks, died from after effects of stroke, died from bronchitis. How? You healed everybody else. You got to understand something. Listen to me and listen to me good. When you begin to deal with demons and deliver people and set them free as the Holy Spirit allows you, those demons retaliate and come for you. They might not show up today. They might not show up tomorrow. But the same way we put our lyrics on the screen on this PowerPoint. Your name and your face is on the screen. And they are going to attack you when you least expect it. That's why you have to have a special anointing to deal with those special demons that are assigned to your life. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to wake you up. (laughs) Notice this. Let me tie this back in. Saul... Before he became Paul Was persecuting Christians and stoning them Those <laughs> demons <laughs> That left him Came back and retaliated And stoned him yes. And he almost died mm. Don't believe me mm. Just read it for yourself Are y'all awake saints yes. Do you understand what I'm saying to you yes. Amen. There is no way You can wreak havoc for Satan While you're in his kingdom Whether you believe you are or not and then get converted And think that nothing is going to happen You better be prayed up, sanctified Thoroughly in the word Because when they come, they ain't coming to play with you They coming to show you why you should have never left And you better show them that greater is he that's within me Than he that's within the world Come on, saints, I'm trying to tell you something I'm trying to tell you something Verse 21 After preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, somebody say many. Many. Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of the city. Boldness. They went back. Like, I ain't dead, so what? What's up? I love this. This is fire. They show. Would you go back to when your killers were? Be real, saints. Would y'all go back? No. I know you would. Even I would pray and ask God that He want me to go back there. I'm going to be real. And Pastor got big faith. But I said, Now, God, did you see him? He's going to stone me again. Right? But they went back. And guess what happened? Where they strengthened the believers. Verse 22. They strengthened the believers. Right? They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 23. Paul and Barnabas also appointed elders in every church. With prayer and fasting, they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they had put their trust. Two things. Write it down. Suffering is necessary for any believer. You can't elevate until you suffer. You got to go through something. Come on now. But look at this. In verse 23, they appointed elders in every church. With prayer and fasting, they turned the elders over to the care of the Lord in whom they have put their trust. I mean to let you know that structure is needed. They got appointed. Then they went and pre- Okay, by this time, I guess you could consider them pastors now. But they weren't even pastors. The Bible says they was apostles now. I mean they they planting churches now. Can y'all? Hear me? They planting churches now. They causing revival everywhere. And then they came back and they appointed some pastors to take care of things while they were gone. <laughs> And what they do, the same thing that they receive, prayer and fasting, they entrusted the elders to do the same. Praise the Lord. Listen to this. Now, we're going to go to the closing chapter. Chapter 19, same version, verse 1. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked? No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Verse 4, Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Somebody say, "Let let the Holy Spirit do it. I want you to understand that Paul came to these people. He found some believers and asked them about the Holy Spirit. And they said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. If y'all think that's not relevant today, go check. Go check the posts of the churches. People are either playing church with the Holy Spirit or they don't believe in him at all. That's
1: true. That's true.
0: Right? But notice what Paul did. All he did was, he told them John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. You gotta let the Holy Spirit do it. You ain't gotta go jump through hoops to make it happen. You just speak the word of the Lord. The unadulterated, unfiltered gospel of Jesus Christ, and gotta do the rest. These people got baptized and immediately started speaking in tongues. But the church of old point, the new church, the same, boy tell you, these cats got baptized and Sunday in the bush. I mean, it come out. New church like, well, they might not be ready for that.
1: Mm.
0: Maybe your faith holding them back Mm. because uh, (laughs) (laughs) if you don't believe they can do it and they're new in Christ, Mm. how would they have faith to believe? You should encourage people that, yes, the Holy Spirit is real. And as soon as you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you can speak in tongues immediately. God will speak through you. Because it ain't two praying in tongues. The Holy Spirit is giving utterance. Romans 8. Go look it up. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm going to tell you the truth. I can't wait. I think it's about time to do the destroying the myth sermon. Uh Because, you know, like... You know it's so many myths around certain things And in sermons I be breaking it down But I gotta really sit down And, and, and break these lies Amen. of the enemy All the way Amen. down to the point Where you get nothing but truth Amen. Soon come soon come But look at this Next Verse 7 There were about 12 men in all. Somebody say 12. 12. 12 Now how many apostles did Jesus have Twelve. Oh my God Oh my God Oh my God Paul to 12 people in the Holy Ghost. They speak it in tongues immediately. Glory. And it's 12 of them. He got a whole new group of disciples. Glory. My God, look at that. Verse 8. Then Paul went to the synagogue and preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. <laughs> but some became stubborn, rejecting his message and publicly speaking against the way. So Paul left the synagogue and took the believers with him. Then he held daily discussions at the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Let's just say he had Bible study every day. Life group. He was holding life group. This went on for the next two years. Somebody say two years. So that people throughout the province of Asia both Jews and Greeks heard the word of the Lord. Now watch this. Somebody say don't be afraid afraid. to to detach yourself. Paul left the synagogue and went into a hall and began to preach the word of the Lord. Teach for two years separated with those believers. Two years. Y'all know that's a long time to be in the same place every day. It says that he held daily discussions and this went on for the next two years. Two things. Are you willing to detach yourself from the norm, what's comfortable, to go do what God called you to do in this season? Are you willing? That's a rhetorical question. Answering yourself. Second thing I want to bring up is that the church is wherever God's people are, not the building. Cause Paul was filled with the Holy Ghost and he left the building and went to a hall. That would be modern day like this place or like a school in the cafeteria or in the auditorium. And he taught daily, he held daily discussions. Life group, that's life group, is it not? What do we do at life group? We have discussions. What do we do at life group? We have discussions. Oh, okay. Everything we do is formatted from scripture. They held daily discussions, life group, every day. I can't even get people to show up to their life group assigned to their side of the city on one day. These people showed up every day. You know why? You know why? Their passion for God was different than today. We feel like we need God, but it's not really a necessity. These people felt like they couldn't breathe their next breath without God. i you. You know how I know? It showed. Paul held daily discussions for two years so that people throughout the entire province of Asia, do you know how big Asia is? Mm -hmm. So that for two years, so that those people, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. You got to be willing to stay in the season God got you in. Stay in that season. If he called you to the season, it's a for a reason. I ain't trying to rhyme, this is what it is. So just correlate. Season reason. Season reason. I'm in this season for a reason. I'm in this season for a reason. You don't need to tell yourself that every day. I'm in this season for a reason. When you get discouraged, tell yourself, I'm in this season for a reason. God, I want I want to be on a praise team, but I wanted to be like ten people up there, not just me and, and Prophetess Baker. You're in this season for a reason. God I I want a big business I don't want to work for nobody You're in this season for a reason God I want to speak in tongues You're in this season for a reason Don't petition God for things that are out of your reach Because you're not doing what he asked you to do right here Listen to what I'm saying don't petition God for things at this level if you don't want to be obedient at this level. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask God for no new anointing if you can't manage your own house. Okay, man. Don't ask God to help you manage a business if you can't budget the check you get from that old nine to five you don't like so much. Mm-hmm. How can you manage a business and taxes on the business and the fees that come with the business and the cost of production for the business and paying other people in the business if you can't budget the money you get when you work for someone else's business. You know what I noticed? All through these scriptures, Paul didn't ask God to send him anywhere. He just went where God sent him. Uh Paul didn't ask God to give him a majestic building. He was Christ-like and went wherever God told him to go. Do you know something? Jesus never had an actual church building.
1: Right.
0: (laughs) Come on, saints. Jesus never had a church building. Every time I turned around, he was preaching in the field, on a mountain Or in a boat By the sea In a house Right? Oh no, Jesus wouldn't conform to this church Like modern day church They would hate him No, he's not the real one Because look where he preaches Look at that he can't even go in the air conditioning <laughs> no. So what did Paul them do? They preached on the mountain and outside the temple and in the houses and in the hall and held daily discussions and they enlightened the believers. Do you want to know something? Having a bunch of people won't do you any good if they're not learning anything. Paul preached for two years holding daily discussions. You know what other churches probably said? Look at that fool. Holding daily discussions in school. He a fool. See, God ain't with him. Look where he's at. God can't be with him. Look where he's at. He don't have no building. He can't even pay for a building. Look where he's at. He don't got no certificate. How's he a real pastor? Come on, somebody. Look, look, look. Look where he's at. He get run out of every town he going to. Can't be God because God wouldn't do that. You know what I noticed? The enemy knows how to interpret scripture too. Oh, yes, know. He knows how to warp people's minds. Oh, yeah. But guess what? When you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, you can tell who else got the Holy Amen. Spirit too. Amen. Come on, somebody. Closing passage. Watch this. Verse 11. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons That had merely touched his skin Were placed on sick people They were healed of their diseases And evil spirits were expelled
1: Mm -hmm. My God
0: Somebody say Signs and wonders Uh, wonders. wonders. Do you know how powerful that is? He got power A handkerchief Like my brother had Touched his skin And then would touch a sick person And they would get healed Oh glory! A handkerchief that touched his skin or an apron that touched his skin would touch a person that was being held captive by demonic spirits. And the Bible says evil spirits will be expelled. Not him going laying hands. Just the apron, the handkerchief touching them and the devil come out. Glory. That's power. Yes, you know why he had power? Because he was obedient and he fasted and prayed. Amen. Now watch this. Write this down. Revival includes evil spirits being cast out. Mm-hmm. Don't be shy of the evil spirit being cast out. Don't be like if they start casting out spirits in that church, I'm leaving. That's okay. You be back because when you find out more evil spirits out there, you'll come back. Because mm-hmm. evil spirits gonna get about the church. Amen. There's some churches you going in evil spirits are right there gonna stay in the church. Oh no, y'all not ready for that term. Praise the Lord. Come on somebody. Y'all have to be open to everything that revival is. It's souls it's healing, it's deliverance It's all of that It's discipleship Because God doesn't want us to You know what revive means? To what? Bring back to life People are dying It is our duty as believers To bring people back to life Amen. You will performing a spiritual CPR When yeah. you minister to people yeah. Have that same type of intensity yeah. Don't go up to nobody with No, I want y'all to start looking at it the way the Spirit sees them. The Holy Spirit sees people when they're dying on the inside. Do you know what I believe and what I know? There are people whose lives have been cut short on this earth because they spiritually died and there was nothing left to sustain them. They're going to get it tomorrow. Man, I'm telling you, man. When people die and have out-of-body experiences, what comes up out of their body? Their spirit. And when they look down, they see their body, but their spirit is floating. And then when their spirit goes back into their body, they come back to life. So it's time to revive people's spirit. Last part. Verse 13. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Verse 14, seven sons of Skeva, a leading priest, were doing this. So this would be the equivalent of some pastor's children, the PKs, mm. casting out the evil spirits. Verse 15, but one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus yes. and I know Paul, but who are you? Right. Then the man with the evil spirit leaked on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Might want to write this down. Somebody say, it worked for a while. It worked for a while.
1: But.
0: But. In order to have power with the enemy, you have to have relationship. If you don't have a relationship with God, when you go to cast out evil spirits, you're going to run into that one demon that's going to be ready for you. The Bible says they were doing it for a while, and then they ran into that one evil spirit. And he said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? And then he beat them. One man filled with demons jumped on seven men, pastors' children, and beat them naked. Mm -hmm. And they ran out the house with no clothes on, beaten and bruised and battered down the street. Why? Because they didn't have no power. Because they didn't have relationship. Also, that was not their season. Mm. I want to use logic. They might have really had been called to call, bring healing to a certain group of people at some point. But they might have stepped out of their season and went on that healing tour I was telling y'all about. And then when they did that, the demons beat them to pieces. Because that wasn't what God called them to do at that moment. It's very pertinent to hear the voice of the Lord daily for what's next in your life. Because going off of the last words you heard might not work for the next situation you go into. But look at this. Write this down also You have to have authority to cast out devils And you don't have authority when you're not in submission To the one in whom we have authority Write it down Or you you keep a mental note? Whatever works for you Y'all remember that story You gotta have authority Even for yourself Listen When you have relationship You submit to God And then you (laughs) resist the devil and he flees Not the other way around Next part Verse seventeen, last part. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly what? Uh Honored. Somebody say, "God gonna get the glory anyway." anyway. My old bishop used to say that. He said, "God gonna get the glory anyway, son." That's right. Because what the devil meant for evil to scare those people turned to everybody want to come to God because they saw the devil was real. (laughs) Come on somebody Verse 18 Many who became believers Confessed their sinful practices 19 A number of them Who have been practicing sorcery Brought their incantation books And burned them At a public bound Somebody say renounce When you do sin publicly You need to renounce it publicly The value of the books Was several million dollars Did y'all hear that? Several million dollars So these were rich people They were practicing sorcery, looking at the books, learning, and then they publicly renounced it in the word for several million dollars. Verse 20. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Now, I'm going to leave you with this closing point. First Corinthians 129 says this. No flesh should glory in his presence. God spoke to me when I was writing this sermon and told me no flesh will. He won't allow it. What God is doing in this season is preparing soldiers to go out on the battlefield to do warfare against the enemy and rescue the hostages. Now is not the time to be lollygaggy. Now is not the time to not be devoted. Now is not the time to be slipping in your daily walk. Now is not the time to be skipping out on your scripture readings in the morning. Now is not the time to skip out on your daily prayers with God. Now is not the time to forget to pray before you go to sleep. Now is not the time to not plead the blood of Jesus when you go to your job. Now is not the time to sit there and be lollygagging, patty caking with demonic spirits of lust because it makes you feel good. Now is not the time to be drinking on the weekends and coming into church and pretending like everything's okay. If you're dealing with something, then admit that before God. Ask for help from someone and let God deliver you. Yes. Don't play with it. Let God use you. Because he wants to use everybody. David was a man after God's own heart and he murdered a man in the process. Same time. But then what did he do? He asked for what? For forgiveness. That's all it takes, man. God is looking for forgiveness, man. He wants us to come to him with open arms and say, God, you know what? I'm not perfect. But I'm asking you to help me with my imperfections. Because it don't matter what people view you as. It doesn't matter what God view you as, man. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. You know what I want? I want everybody that's messed up to come to church. Everybody. Because once they get there and they get to work on their walk and people are telling them the truth and love like, man, you can do this. God is with you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. We got people genuinely praying for people and encouraging people. People coming to corporate prayer and receiving the Holy Spirit coming on them. Man, people's lives going to change, man. Amen. And when people's lives change, then God is pleased. Not about a goosebump sermon. Right. Yes, we can pack this house out, but if God don't get the glory, who cares? Right. Telling you facts. You feel me? I know it's my birthday. But you know what my wish for my birthday is? That the believers... Become everything that God wants us to be. That's my wish. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. Because your soul is what matters when you die. Your spirit gets spoken to while you're alive. But when you die, your soul either goes down heaven the hell. Your soul. This is why we need to minister to lost souls. Y'all get me? Y'all hear God is going to do a work in the house.